I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly, and today we're in for a treat. Producer Neil A. Caruso and I will talk with Robert Herchevec of Shark Tank. No introduction beyond that is needed. And you're about to get 20 or 25 minutes of personal advice from a shark. We will ask Robert the questions that we think you would like to ask him if we were able to reverse the tables and the sharks or reporters can ask the sharks questions. Uh, Robert, the first question I'd like to know is what is your, <laughs> what is your best advice to business owners right now on how to survive and increase sales as we head into what looks like it's going to be a long winter with possibly rising cases. Where to from here? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Joe. And it's funny, when all of this started, I found that business people kind of fell into two camps, the realists and the uh, hopers or the eternal optimists. And I think my first piece of advice to people is in times of chaos like this, because it is chaos, you have to be brutally honest with yourself, meaning you've got to assess your personal situation from a business perspective and be aware how long you can survive, whether things get worse or things get better. I think in terms of increasing your sales, you know, what we know now is we know the businesses that are in deep trouble. And we know the ones that have made it are going to continue to grow. But to continue to grow and get sales, I think you've just got to really know what your customers want. What we've learned is whether you have a retail presence or you have an online presence, the key is not how you sell. The key is how you connect with your customers. I'll give you an example. Um, I love Lululemon. I love a product called Canada uh, Goose, which makes these winter jackets. I will get in my car, drive to a retail location, and buy a Canada Goose jacket. If that's only available online, I'll buy it online. And so I think too many businesses confuse how they sell with the connectivity to their customers. And that's really the key. And what does that mean? So does that mean you would change how you sell differently? now or different ways on different formats? I think what it means is you have to be closer to your customers than you ever have been before. 
Right. You know, I think in the past, you probably assumed a certain amount of traffic would come to you, especially in the physical presence or something like that. I think today you've got to be cognizant that you may have to pull your customers in, which means you need their email addresses. You need to know what where they are. You need to know what they like. You need to know much more about your customers today than you did in the past. How about advice, if you would, for people who may now be starting a business, possibly involuntarily? They may not have dreamt of owning a business, but they've been laid off or their job is uncertain, and they now have to start a business. What can you suggest to them, Robert? Yeah, Joe, it's funny. I started my first business because someone fired me, and <laughs> I, I needed to make a mortgage payment <laughs> on my house. And I couldn't get a job in time in order to make that mortgage payment. So I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So I said, I'll go sell stuff. And so I sold something. And I'm like, oh, wow, I sold something. People paid me. This is wonderful. But I had no idea of starting a business because, you know, as an immigrant, people that started businesses were those that couldn't get a job. I remember when I told my mom, I'm going to start my own business eventually. She said, oh, don't worry, you get job one day. And so it, it wasn't something that I planned to do. And then every other business I started during economic hardships. So if you're starting today, again, you got to be brutally honest with yourself, number one, to know how long you can survive without income and without sales and how long the ramp up is. This is not the time for overt optimism. I mean, I'm very optimistic about the future. I'm very optimistic about America. I'm very optimistic about business. But I know how long we can survive with the cash that we have. And you have to be brutally honest about that. And then the second thing is sales, sales, sales. In this kind of a time, don't perfect your product. Don't spend all this time and energy on your management team or buy better software to run your business. Go sell something. Sales cures all ills. And the harder the economy, the harder the macro conditions, the more you need sales. Robert, I saw somewhere you said that being your own boss is really not the reason to start a business. Can you elaborate on that? And what would be good reasons? Yeah. Neil, that's such a great question because every one of my friends who've never started a business or my wife's friends say this to me. Oh, I wish I had my own business because, you know, I could be my own boss. That would be great. I could only work so many hours. Like people have this romantic vision of it. Don't start a business because you want to run a business or this romantic vision. You know, when you have your own business, you don't have one boss. You have thousands of them. They're called your customers. They're called your employees. And guess what your customers want? Everything on their time frame. So I am at the mercy of my customers. Starting a business is really hard. You shouldn't start a business for those reasons. You should start a business because you found a need and an opportunity in the market. That's why you should start a business. The reason you should continue it is because you think you want to build something scalable. You know, you want to enrich your employees. You feel passionate about it. But all those reasons are more important. 
That's interesting. And you referenced your childhood before growing up in um, Yugoslavia and escaping communism was, is a big part of your story. And it's something that to me, looking at people struggling right now, and you know, how do you, how do you overcome that adversity? What would you tell people who are like having a really hard time right now? You know, Neil, I think, and I'll, I'll tell you, when COVID first hit, there was about three, four days where none of us sharks even knew if our business was going to survive. And there were some dark days. I, I don't think that ever goes away and that sense of worry doesn't go away. I've been through hell and I've been through some really hard times. And the thing I always remember, I forget who told me this, maybe it was my mom or, or a friend of mine, when you're going through hell, you just got to keep going. The worst thing you can do in this time is nothing. Don't let fear overcome you to the point that you're that deer in the headlights. You just got to keep going. For those starting a business now, or for anybody, you keyed in on this. You said to yourself, oh, wow, I sold something. Give us additional clues on what might your first sale be. Would it be doing something that you were doing in the job you got laid off from? Would it be something that's worked well before or some new idea? What are the, what's the key to get that first sale? Well, I, in general, I think, Joe, the world doesn't reward mediocrity. Mm -hmm. So you have to sell, if you're gonna sell a service, you have to sell me why you're great at that service, not why you're okay at it. Like, I'm okay at golf. I'm okay at race car driving. I'm okay at playing football. There's no NFL team that's going to pay me $10 million a year because I'm okay at it. So if you're going to sell a service, you better be great at it. It doesn't matter what the service is, be great at it. If you're going to sell a product, you better fill a need that I have. I have a question about the show. When you sharks say, we'll uh, give you, I'll give you $100,000 for 20%. What does that mean? 20% of annual sales for three years, five years, forever, till the business is sold? What does it mean? Well, it can mean many things because we're very good at creating and structuring deals. <laughs> and after 12 years, it's like, what new thing can I come up with? Well, in general, yeah, royalties. Oh, my God. I, thought, I saw Kevin for a moment. Mr. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> but in general, we're buying into equity of the company. So when I'm buying 20% of something, I'm buying 20% of the shares. But you bring up a great point, Joe. When the show first started, that's what we did. We bought 20% of a business. But then we realized, how do I get my money out? <laughs> like, it's a, it's, it's a 2 to $3 million a year business. How do I ever get my 20% back? And so now we add other things into the structure like dividends or cash payments or stuff like that. So it's almost like the toughest negotiation comes after the show? The details? Yes and no, because everybody's different. You know, some people when they're on the show are very tough and very clear about what they want. And then some people afterwards, it hits them and then they wake up to the reality. Uh, but it's getting better, you know, at the beginning, I remember the very first deal I did on Shark Tank, 
we close the deal on TV and, you know, it's over. My team calls the guy and says, uh, okay, can you send me your financial statements? Oh, and no. literally a shoebox of receipts shows up. <laughs> <laughs> literally a shoebox. Literally oh, a shoebox. Now, here's the crazy thing. I still did the deal because I like the guy so really? much. And I, yeah, and I, and I just thought he's going to figure it out. You know, because here's the thing. Whatever you start doing today, your business will not be doing that in a year. Things change. The world changes. You have to adapt. And so what I really want to invest in is I want to invest in the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur will always figure out the path. And the entrepreneur will build a great team in order to figure out the path. And that's one of the, you know, that's one of the things like, you know, like we got involved with Bake Me a Wish because one of the hard things I'm having right now is staying in touch with my employees. I mean, we have 350 employees in our company. I haven't seen a single person in my company since February 17. Wow. Think about that. Long time. I'm running a, I'm running a $300 million business. I haven't seen a single employee. And, you know, we do Zoom calls and I'm like, oh, we love you guys. You guys are great. And at first it's wonderful. But after a while, people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard all this before. And so we, we try to do, how do I maintain that relationship and that connection when we can't get together, when I can't buy you lunch or something like that? And that's what we love about Bake Me a Wish is it's an event, you know, this beautiful, I mean, Neil, you got the thing. It's really well packaged. It shows up. Yeah. The employee feels special. But even what we found with our employees, because I bought one for everybody in our company, what we found is you bring it home, you put it in the kitchen table, your wife comes home or your husband, and they say, oh, my gosh, what's that? And now you're engaging the entire family. Well, it we comes love so that. nicely packaged. And honestly, when I saw that you were doing this business, I thought this really speaks to you. From And we just met today, but virtually. But you know, you look at the show and I've watched a lot of episodes. I know Joe is really into it too. And it comes through that you're really the nice guy on the panel and very different from all of them. And we've had Barbara on, we've talked to Damon in, in the last eight months and Kevin actually, and you guys are all vastly different, which I think makes the show. But this, you know, Bake Me a Wish is really unbelievable in that you're supporting your workers, your colleagues. It's something at a time that you go into the holidays it's a year that obviously unprecedented. It's really, it's something that you can do to give, to give back to those who you're close with, but can't see. I, you know, I think it goes back to my upbringing and my, my dad, you know, my dad was this blue collar guy, worked really hard, swept floors in a factory. And he always said to me, you should thank people for the opportunity. And he was highly respectful. And I just, I just, I was just looking for a way to say thank you to our employees, to our customers. And it's not the dollar amount, it's the occasion and the fact that you actually thought of them. How soon do you know on the show when in your mind you think you will invest, offer an investment in a business? Funny you say that because we've talked about this on the show between this sharks and here's what we've come to the conclusion of 50 percent of the time between the doors opening 
and you saying the first few words, we've made up our mind. Wow. Yeah. And the thing is, we don't have the data. We don't know your business because the show is very real. Sometimes the business is so powerful, it changes us, but very rarely. So you go through the questions sometimes because if you made up your mind in 10 seconds, there wouldn't be much of a show. So you go through the process and the audience learns well, from that. Well, what we've, I mean, we're not stupid. We still want to hear about the business, but what we've made up our mind on is how we feel about you. Because in any business, in any sales situation, before you sell me the business, before you sell me the product, before you sell me the service, you got to sell me yourself. And so 50% of the time, we've made up our mind of whether you've sold us on you or not. You can change that opinion sometimes, but it's, it's hard. What advice do you have then for business owners on making a great first impression or making a great sales pitch and boiling it down to that first couple of minutes? I think the first thing is authenticity. You know, people say, see me present and I'm a pretty good presenter after 12 years on TV and people say, oh, I wish I could present like you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you don't want to be like me. I went to see Tony Robbins a long time ago and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be like Tony Robbins. And I realized, no, I, I'm not Tony Robbins. Tony is Tony. I need to be Robert. And so I think the first thing is authenticity. The second thing is uh, the nonverbal cues. You know, those are really important, like don't slouch, tone of your voice. And the third thing is be excited. Like it kills us when somebody comes out on the show and they have a business and they're like, I have this great business. And my gosh, I, you know, I'd really like you guys to invest. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting there, you know, we're sitting there for 12 hours a day and we're like, seriously, uh. I want you to come out and go. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited about my business. And after I tell you about it, you're going to be excited too. That's <laughs> what we want. We want excitement. What were the most impressive pitches to you and why? You know, it's almost the subtle stuff. It's they engage us. They, they bring us in. And it's a combination of a great entrepreneur, a great presentation, because that's all we have to go on, and a great business. And we've had a number of them. And I think our producers do a great job of helping people with their presentation. Like they spend a lot of time. You know, we had over 200,000 people apply for the show this year. Wow. So it's really all in the preparation then. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes on, obviously, behind the scenes, and we only see what, 12 minutes? Yeah. But, you know, Neil, it's kind of like, um, oh, gosh, what was her name? Who's the singer that did uh, Gitchy, Gitchy, Yeah, Yeah, Da, Da? Who oh, was um, that, Joe? Uh, Lady... Uh, Patty LaBelle. And Patty, Patty LaBelle. There you go. Yeah. So Patty LaBelle right. was on the same season of Dancing with the Stars as I was. I used to rehearse eight to ten hours a day. <laughs> every day. I work my butt off. One day, I see Patti LaBelle rehearsing 20 minutes a day. And she's great. So one day, I say to her, I say, oh, my gosh, Patti, how do you do it? Because I'm rehearsing 8 to 10 hours a day, trying to make it perfect. 
you do it for like 20 minutes and you go out there and you shine. She looks at me, she goes, honey, it ain't about the preparation. It comes down to when the camera is on, you got to perform. <laughs> and so, you yeah, can you can prepare, you can, you can spend all the time you want with the producers, but I got to tell you when those doors open and you get out there, that's all that matters. None of the preparation, none of that other stuff matters. It's what you do when it counts. Just like business. One just of like your, business, just like sports, just like everything. Yeah. One of your books is titled, You Don't Have to Be a Shark to Succeed in Business. Really? I'm surprised. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. You don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be mean. I think it's the opposite. I think that you've got to empower people. You've got to lead people. You have to give people vision of where they want to go. And, but, you know, having said that, there are sharks and there are jerks and there are people who yell at people, but just like in life, you know, some people are nice, some people aren't nice, but none of that matters. It's all about execution. Well, that's Robert Herzog, who doesn't play a nice guy on TV. I think he is a nice guy, having met you, Robert. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you guys. Much appreciated. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.